it's Luke. The NBA trade deadline is fast approaching, so what could be looming for the Phoenix Suns? We'll give you the latest tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. I feel like I'm a fisherman out to sea right now with the best bait in the world, and I'm just waiting for fish to catch because there's nothing. There's really it's a slow market, and yeah. you know when you look at Phoenix and you look at Milwaukee and you look at I guess the Clippers or you know all these teams, Golden State certainly. Everybody's kind of kind of in the same boat, waiting for you know waiting for the right deal and to to to, to appear here. I think there'll be trades, but it's not going to be the the high level guys that we've we've already seen here. Five o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show. Happy Wednesday to you. The trade deadline, in case you don't know, is tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, we'll be on it straight up two o'clock with all the reactions to what did or didn't happen as the Phoenix Suns limited trade assets. They've got Nasir Little. They've got a few second-round picks picks they could move if they wanted to. They don't want to touch Grayson Allen. There's not a whole lot else that could be moved, even if they wanted to move him. You cannot include Brittany Griner or Diana Taurasi or (laughs) Sophie Cunningham in a deal either No, uh, to a team that may have a WNBA franchise to help your NBA team. trade WNBA first-round picks. You can't be like, listen, I'll give you two (laughs) second-rounders, Nas Little, and for your WNBA team, we'll give you Sophie Cunningham. I'm sure the new GM of the Mercury, the new head coach of the Mercury, would love it's not in the rules. Um, and because of that, I, I, I don't want to speak for you on this one. And I know you've got some information and you'll you'll share it. It's put me in a in a mood where it just doesn't feel like there's going to be much that's going to happen tomorrow. Because I don't know how much can feels happen like that tomorrow. today feels like that today. You never know what happens tomorrow. Today, I definitely got that feeling, um, you know, obviously. You know, the Phoenix Suns have been trying for certain players to try to get. Now, I mentioned yesterday that there were some players that, you know, you don't even you haven't even heard about that they're trying to get because a lot of people ask me about players and I shoot it down. Then they want to know, okay, what players are they going after? And I said, listen, there are players they're going after that we don't even know. And one of them was Simone Fantecchio, Um, Italian kid, plays for the Utah Jazz, actually spoke with the Jazz last night, uh, was informed that the Suns had contacted them. Um, the, the Jazz ended up making a deal today and sending him to the Detroit Pistons for a second round pick. But the second round pick they're getting is Washington's pick, which will be one of the top picks in the second round. Might as well be a first the round. The Suns tried to get Fontecchio. They tried to get him. They were in discussions, but their offer was not as good as what the Pistons were able to offer. But that, to, to my point... Every time you hear all these names that I shoot down these rumors that I say, no, 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 no on Knack, I've said yes on a couple of guys like Royce O'Neal. But I've also said that there are guys, you know, there are guys that they're trying to get that you don't know about right now. Simone Fontecchio was one Fontecchio of them. Fontecchio was one of them. His name wasn't really on our no. radar screen this nope. time um, this time a day ago. And, and yet here he is. He'd been linked to the Suns, and now he's gone. Um, there, Some of the other names that have been linked to the Suns are still available. They're still out there. And you're right. I, I've got this mood now, and part of it is because of what you've re- reported. And part of it is just this idea that the Phoenix Suns, we know we know what they want. We know what they need. Okay, what they want is a wing player, athletic, kind of physical, can defend, can knock down a three or two. Basically, a better version of Kade Bates, the up and Utah Watanabe, the guys who really didn't fill that role the way they thought they were going to in the offseason when they acquired him. Somebody like that. Okay, that's what they that's what they want. What they need is somebody who's good enough to be one of their seven or eight or nine best players come playoff time. Somebody who's good enough to be in their playoff rotation. 
That's going to be hard to find. It's going to be hard to find. Gonna, yeah. It's not impossible, but that is going to be hard to find with the limit. And, and let's look. Fontecchio is a perfect example. Could he have been that guy? Yes. Maybe. But given the limited resources the Suns had to pursue him in a trade, Can't get him. you weren't going to get him. Right. You weren't going to get him because another team could come in and offer more, and that's life. To that point, you start to look at minutes, right? You're going to have three guys that play about 42 minutes a game in the playoffs, Booker, Beal, and KD. You're going to have another two guys that play 32 minutes a game, you know, right around there, Grayson Allen and, and, and Nurkic. You're going to have another guy that plays 17 to 20 in Eric Gordon. And then you've got three other guys. So that's one, two, three, four, five guys right there, six with Eric Gordon. Now you got three other guys that are going to battle for the very limited minutes that are left. And those three guys are Eubanks, Bowl, and Akoji. Those are your three. Now, can you get somebody that beats one of them out? You're trying to. I'm trying to. You're trying to get one of those guys. But again, with limited assets, it becomes very, very difficult to do. It's what I've been saying a lot about, even like the Miles Bridges stuff. Like, do they like Miles Bridges? Sure. Would they rent him knowing that they can't keep him because they don't have his bird rights if they trade for him? Sure, they would. Can they get him? Really hard to do. They don't have anything to offer. Really hard to do. Not Now, I don't want to say impossible because if nobody else wants him and Charlotte's like, you know what? I want to get rid of this guy. He had 41 the other night. Who's to say that Charlotte doesn't say, you know what? We're going to keep you. We're not going to trade you. We're going to try to keep you. you. You know, so I just don't like a lot of the things that people think could happen are, you know, I could say, yes, they like that player. But then I could also say. It's it's slim. The yeah. chances are slim to get a deal like that done. And just on a side session here, when it comes to Miles Bridges, the the in addition to the off the court stuff that really complicates this situation. Okay, that that I think most of us are aware of by now. The other thing that complicates the Miles Bridges situation too is he can void a trade. He can say no and not go somewhere. And there's a lot of speculation that. He's going to want to go somewhere that can afford to pay him. And that ain't the Suns. The Suns, right. the, the, the bird rights go out the door the minute he gets traded. And the Suns don't obviously have a lot of space to be able to re-sign him next year if they kept him. So he might not even want to come to the Phoenix Suns because he wants to go somewhere where he can get paid. And that's not Phoenix. Okay, now let me ask you this. This is a very important question here because this is another thing I heard on Miles Bridges. Okay, this is another thing that would be a negative to him coming here. Okay, again, I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think it's, it's unlikely and it's going to be very hard to do. If if Miles Bridges comes to the Phoenix Suns, he's like he's like the like one of the top options there. In how many points per game would he average for Phoenix behind Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Grayson Allen? How many points per game would he average? Presumably not that much. Nine, I mean, he, ten a game. He would be he he'd be another mouth to feed. But that's the see, on a team that's, that's got a lot of mouths to feed. This is one of the things I heard from another team that was interested in him. Has he like okay? They were like okay. Why would he go to Phoenix? It's not gonna. Kids can't average twenty five a game there. He wants to raise his value. He wants to get paid. He took a, a he took a low deal this year, obviously because of the domestic violence. He took a one year low deal. He's gonna want to get paid. You're not going to want to go somewhere, play 30 games, and average 10 points a game, and see some of your value diminished. Yeah, and look, we 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 have evidence of this a couple of years ago when Aaron Gordon went from the Magic to the Nuggets, where he redefined his role, and he was happy to do it. Would Miles Bridges be happy to redefine his role? He'd have to. He'd have no choice. You're not gonna you're not gonna get traded to the Phoenix Suns and be the man on a team that's got the big three and it's got Grayson. You're not you're not gonna be able to. If do I that. can rule him out at some point tomorrow, I will rule him out. Right now, I'm not. 
because I'm not certain. I just think it's very hard to do. But if I get the chance to rule him out tomorrow, I I, I will I will go on social media and do that. Uh, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo. All right, last night's game, a win over the depleted Milwaukee Bucks team. The big three absolutely balled out last night, and they've been balling out lately. Was last night their best performance? And if it wasn't, why wasn't it their best performance? going to do a little nitpicking next when it comes to the big three and how they played coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us on Thursday morning. We'll spend part of the morning getting you ready for Suns Jazz at Footprint Center. Join us at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. By the way, when it comes to that Suns Jazz game, Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central just tweeted out the injury report. For tomorrow's game? Yeah. Bradley Beal, right ankle sprain, questionable. <laughs> Management. I'm, yeah. Potentially. Plus, there was the report that he might need to have his nose fixed and might have to miss a couple games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to have to, yeah. Now, that's not what, you know, what they're saying here. They're saying right ankle sprain. But, and Beal had even said, we might try to time it around the All Star break so I don't miss any games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Bradley Beal doesn't want to miss any more games. And Bradley Beal, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He's been, there are probably some moments since he broke his nose against Indiana where he probably should have sat and he probably should have taken a game off or two because he's clearly been off, clearly, especially with his three-point shooting. He has been off. And how much of that is the mask and the broken nose? I got to imagine it contributes to it somehow. He's a gamer. He's played through it. He knows his reputation. He knows how much time he's already missed. He doesn't want to miss any more time. I, I, I totally get it. But I do wonder if he'll have to sit a couple of games, whether it's an ankle or whether he needs to get his nose kind of reset and has to take a few games off to kind of deal with that, if that's just going to be forced upon him and something that he's going to have to do. And you know what? If it does, it's it's fun. We've gotten, what, 16 straight games now, the big three? Yes. They've had some time yes. to build some stuff up. And so if they needed you to pause more. it, well, I know, but if they needed to pause it for a few games because Beal's got a sprained ankle or he needs to have his nose reset, it wouldn't be the end of the world at this point. No. Because we've kind of gotten what we needed out of the big three. No, but I think you can time that around the All-Star break. You, you know? try, yeah. He got, I thought he got hit in the nose last night by his own player, but it was actually hit on the head. But there was a play in the fourth yes. quarter. Yeah, where he got one. clobbered and your mask came off like, oh no! And then you and you go back and you looked at it. It was and it was just it, he got hit by Nurk. He got hit by Nurk, mm-hmm. and um, the mask came off. And I was like, oh, did he get hit? No, no, it was just he just got hit on the head. If we're having a conversation about, and, and I know you know last night's game was last night, so we'll we'll try to talk about the big three more specifically. If we're talking about the things we liked from the big three and the things we didn't like from the big three. I, I, I'll speak for both of us on the, the things that we liked, uh, I, if I'm allowed to. Um, yes, of course you can. I thank you. I appreciate it. You may permission. speak. You may speak. Speak now. I liked Bradley Beal and how he played in the non-Booker minutes in the fourth quarter. Loved it. I think it's the biggest thing to take away from the game. I, I think it was the most important thing that happened last night yeah. was that he played with aggression. He played like a leader. He played like there's a void. 
and I need to fill it. And I filled it. And, and I filled, filled it. it. Yeah. Booker's out. I need to be that guy. And he was that guy when Booker sat. And I thought it was the best part of last night's I, game. Listen, I, and I said this earlier, there's not a lot of takeaways from this game. Okay? They didn't have Brooke Lopez. They didn't have Damian Lillard. Chris Middleton went out early when he stepped on Kevin Durant's foot. Durant got a flagrant on that, by the way, for stepping into his space. Uh, but he had to leave the game. He didn't come back. That was a very depleted Milwaukee team without three of their really key players. So, But to your point, you get to the fourth quarter. It's 79-73. Beal hits a three-pointer. Beal drives by campaign for a basket. Beal hits a mid-range jump shot. Beal misses a shot, grabs his own rebound, puts it back. Suns are up 95-82. Now they're up by 13. The catalyst to all of that, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, three-pointer, drive by Peyton, mid-range jump shot, put back on his own rebound. He was the catalyst. They're up by 13. I think to me, I agree with you 100%. The biggest takeaway, while Devin Booker's sitting on the bench, Bradley Beal took over and allowed them to build that lead back up. I think the other thing I liked about the big three last night, it's something I'll let Frank Vogel talk about it because he did after the game. The story of the game defensively starts with Kevin Durant guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he continues to just impress our group with uh, you know, his willingness to guard the other team's best players, you know, sometimes perimeter guys, sometimes power players like Giannis, and, uh, and wanting to take on that challenge and doing a great job with it. You know, I mean, Giannis had some decent numbers tonight, but I thought he he on the ball, KD on the ball was really good. And then I thought our team disposition with with Giannis was really good. He didn't get a, a, a ton of uh, easy looks at the basket. Uh, got a couple, and um, you know, I don't think, feel like we gave up a ton of threes because of our our uh, commitment to him. But holding that team to 48 points in the paint is a strong strong defensive effort. I for swear, us. the more I hear that sound bite, the more I'm convinced that that Frank Vogel is using Kevin Durant as an example to point to for the rest of the team and say, be like him. Be like him. He's our top scorer. 35 years old. He's been asleep for 17 years, and look how hard he's playing. Look Look at the challenges he wants. out there. Look at what he's doing out there. He's he's dropping 30 for us every single night, and he's willingly guarding one of the forces of nature in this league in Giannis. Oh, by the way, did you see Giannis' tweet? He tweeted out a a picture of, of Durant guarding Giannis, and Giannis said, I love it when I get to go against the best. I love it. It's something along the lines of I love it when it's the best versus the best, you know, and and last night was one of those matchups. KD did a good job. It's hard to do a great job against Giannis. He held him to 34. It's it's about the best you can do in a moment like that. The things to not like about the big three, the ball sharing, the ball movement. What ball sharing? It didn't exist last night. I didn't see any ball sharing. Four (laughs) assists in the first half of last night's game. You got to do better than that. It's probably the thing that stood out the most about the big three. There was a lot of isolation and it worked really well for them. They got, they took 64 shots. Okay. 64 shots. They scored 85 points. Grayson Allen only took four shots in the game. I don't like that. Um, the Suns took um, 87 shots overall. 64 of them by the big three. Only 23 by six other players who got minutes. I'm not counting the last two guys that came in with 20 seconds left. But the three guys combined, combined for only eight assists, Bernsey. To your point, the ball was not moving. No, it wasn't. It got better in the second half. Um, it needed to get better. It was so, I had a friend of mine who was at the game with me and he used to coach basketball and he was just, he was, he was sickened by the lack of ball movement. It's just like, it's just ice. And I get it on a team filled. We talked about this a lot on a team filled with a bunch of ISO scores. You're going to get a bunch of isolation plays like that. 
They're so much better when the ball moves. They're so much better when they're setting things up. What's it like to sit next to the guy that coached? What level of basketball did he coach? Uh, Like YMCA? No, he was was a a freshman high school coach. Freshman high school coach. He was a freshman high school coach. He's in this. Run the picket fence! (laughs) Run it! It's not quite Run the picket fence! It's not quite like that. But it is is funny because he he really does look at it like a coach (laughs) would look at it, right? And and the lack of of assists, he was keeping track. It's like, it just drives me crazy. And it's, it's... it's not a problem when the ISO guys are on top of their game and they're scoring. Right. It's a problem when they're not, and there are better shots out there to get and better shots to go find. They were good matchups to dominate in isolation in that game. They just were. They were good matchups. Like, you know, what are you going to do when you got campaign on? You're Bradley Bill. you got campaign on you. You want to pass the ball? Sure. <laughs> or no. or, or your Dev, there was one time Devin Booker got a switch, and he was able to drive the ball right at Robin Lopez. Do that every time. Right. Right? Like, okay, you, you want to not have any assists? Do that. There was one where Pat Connaughton was on Kevin Durant. Like, you want Kevin Durant to pass the ball? Yeah, no. No. Like, you got campaign out there and Robin Lopez out there and Pat Connaughton out there. Like, this, the isolation matchups, which almost like almost silly to give the ball up when you know you could drive by the guy and get to the basket. But there are also times when it the of ball does, right and and, and that's and this look this is the fine line we're talking about this is the this is why the big 3 needs more time together still because it's moments like that they've got to figure out is this a time for us to go iso or is this a time for us to move the ball and that's something I'd, else that's got to happen I'd be upset with you if you passed the ball and Pat Connaughton was guarding you <laughs> yeah, Pat Con- Pat Connaughton could could guard me very well thank you very much I think you could go by him Have you ever seen me play basketball? No. Terrible at it. I mean, terrible at it. Terrible. Like I, used, I used to go giving to, floor burns a new meaning. No, right? It was so bad. I, it was just like I, I was like, "Did you ever see the movie Along Came Polly? Did you ever see that movie? I've heard of it. Okay, the one. <laughs> I was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I'm that bad. Yeah, I'm the I'm that bad with the perspiration, and I'm that bad with the shots. It's awful. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm terrible at basketball. Terrible. Along came, if you, I along think you've came seen Sally. It. Along came Polly. Along came Polly with Jennifer Aniston uh, and Ben Stiller. It's actually pretty funny. Probably have seen it. it. It's it's pretty it's pretty good. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's the best friend. God rest his soul. He was so great. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Super Bowl coming up in just a few days, and for Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of talk about how can he possibly be the underdog in this game? Well, there's somebody who believes that he should very much be the underdog in this game. That, and it's Kyle Shanahan's big moment. Again, we'll talk a little Super Bowl 58 next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Everybody, Dan Bickley here, and Thursday means we're getting real close to the Super Bowl. We'll begin getting deep with the 49ers and the Chiefs starting at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, let's talk Super Bowl for a minute here, too, because we haven't talked about it much today. We've been hyper-focused on the Super Bowl. The big three. You excited about it? Looking forward to it? I think it's going to be a really good not, game. Not right now. Not yet? You're not no, there? No, no. Like Trade on Sunday. In the front of your brain? I, I think so. I've been very ultra-focused. I mean, you know how I work. You've been working with me for a long time. Um, you know, this stuff kind of drives me crazy because, you know, a lot of people want answers. And I'm and I'm fortunate enough and blessed that I can get a lot of the answers. So I work very hard during this time of the year. So it's 
I think, yeah, I, when the Super Bowl happens, I'm sure I'll be very excited to watch the game on Sunday. Right now, I get it. I yeah, get it. not I, so much. And, and look, so much. as a Suns fan, first and foremost, I'm hyper-focused on tomorrow at 1 o'clock because I kind of want to know what they're going to do. And I'm, I'm preparing myself for nothing. I'm preparing myself for something. I, I, I hope. I don't have to prepare myself for Miles Bridges and trying to kind of rationalize that and and make that acceptable, you know, because I, 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 I let's put it this way. I'll be very glad if tomorrow comes and goes at one o'clock and Miles Bridges is not a member of the Phoenix Suns. I, I just for for reasons that are, I think, obvious, given what he's got going on off the court. I, I just that is to me a player. I do not. That's a path. I don't want to see the Suns go down. But at the same time. If they do, if somehow it happens, then it's not gonna it's not gonna diminish my love of the Phoenix Suns or my desire to watch them win a championship. You know what I mean? It's just sure. It's, it's not. It's a not, little it's, bit of a hit. It's a little it, bit of a it, hit. It's it's sort of. I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm way off topic now, and I apologize for that. Maybe we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Maybe we won't. It's sort of like when one of your children dates somebody you don't want them to date. You still love your child, but you're just like, man, I just don't like that person. You know, I just don't like you with that. And, and the Suns, I'll still really, really love the Phoenix Suns. I know you're talking from experience. Oh, I am. Oh, yes. Although, thankfully, the I peacock still account have still that works. peacock account still works. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. That's what you got out of it. For logging in the peacock when you're over at my house and it's still works. I can still watch it because of you. Thank you very much. You know, and I'm not trying to use a clunky metaphor to compare a situation as sensitive as Miles Bridges, but I'm I'm thinking about it. Like I'm gonna love the Suns no matter what they do tomorrow. But if they add Miles Bridges, it's gonna be kind of like one of my kids dating somebody that I just don't like. I just don't like that person very much. I still love you, but what are you doing? Like I said, if I are you with this person? If I get a chance tonight or tomorrow to rule him out completely, I will. But as I've said all along, I've I always thought it was a long shot, very hard to do. Yes, they like him. Yes, they would rent him. But I've always thought it was just very difficult to do because there's just not a lot of assets, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense from his agent's perspective for him to come here. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, We'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl. This is Chris Canty on ESPN today. I am looking forward to the game. I I think there's a lot of legacy stuff in play with this game. Um, And that includes Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the dynasty. There's no other way to describe what the Chiefs are going through right now. But Chris Canty today said, man... This narrative that the Chiefs are the favorites in this game, it's nonsense, and here's the reason why. The Chiefs have fewer All-Pros. I mean, the, the the San Francisco 49ers have a top three scoring offense and a top three scoring defense. Like they they are the better team, and that's why Vegas has the number at where it's at, despite the biggest disparity in the entire game, which is the matchup between the quarterbacks. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is on a trajectory to be the greatest of all time, whereas Brock Purdy, even though we like what we've seen from him, is still in his first year as the full-time starter. So even with that difference being weighted in the numbers that Vegas is pumping out in terms of the spread on this game, the San Francisco 49ers are still the favorite. So I don't know how we can argue against them being the favorite in this game. Can't we? I Yeah, because I think that what you're going to have is you're going to have a close football game. I think it just plays that way. If you go look at the history of both teams, you know, you're going to see that there's a lot of close games, you know, a lot of close games. I don't think, I think in Patrick Mahomes' career, you go look at all the games he's played, just everything, you know, I mean, outside of winning big, they don't lose by a lot. So I expect that this will be a close game. Are the 49ers the favorites? I don't know. I mean, I think it's... 
Uh, you can make an argument for both teams being the favorites. I love the San Francisco offense with Debo McCaffrey. I think that's the advantage that they have is Kansas City's ability to stop the run compared to McCaffrey. Kansas City's not great at stopping the run, and McCaffrey has been the rare running back that is worth every dime he's been paid. Yeah, maybe I'm like I'm not biased. I don't have a root. Well, that's not true. I do have a rooting interest in this game. I can't really find myself rooting for the 49ers, but but I. I I think the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it's crazy to think of them as an underdog in this game. I just do. I I think given their experience, his experience, their success, quite frankly, the 49ers' lack of recent success in this game. When was the last time the San Francisco 49ers won a Super Bowl? Isn't it like 1994? The last time they... The last time they won? They won the... The, the, the with the Montana and then Steve Young. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? I think you're on it because so they haven't won in this. They yeah they millennium. won with Montana. The Montana went to the Kansas City Chiefs and then Steve Young. 1994. Steve Young won the Super Bowl okay. in '94, and that was the only one that he won with them. That's not Kyle Shanahan's fault, but there there is you know. Kansas City gets here to this level, and outside of the one time against uh, Tom Brady, they finish the deal. They win Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes wins Super Bowls. The 49ers have, man, it's been really since, we always talk about the Cowboys and how long it's been since they've won a Super Bowl. How come nobody talks about that? Is it because the 49ers keep getting there or they keep getting close? But nobody ever talks, it's always the Cowboys. Oh, it's been X number of years since they won a Super Bowl. 49ers, it's been forever since they've won a Super Bowl. And that's the other angle to this game that I wanted to bring up to you. I read a terrific story today on The Ringer that basically said maybe nobody more than Kyle Shanahan has more at stake in this game on Sunday. Because if he loses this game, he's going to carry that scarlet letter around of, hey, can't win the big one. Can't win the big one. Right. You know, when he was the OC in Atlanta, right. couldn't win the big couldn't one. Couldn't win the big one, had the big lead, lost it. Had the a, Super Bowl was up big in the fourth quarter. What they get outscored 20 nothing in the fourth uh-huh. quarter by Kansas uh-huh. City. Lost the Super Bowl. If uh-huh. he loses this one, especially if they're ahead and they lose it, it definitely would be a knock on him. The, I agree that there's there's probably a lot at stake for Shanahan. All in this the game. NFC Championship games he's been to, how close he's gotten to winning a Super Bowl. I mean, they were even, you know, my favorite show, Good Morning Football, they were even talking about, they did a side by side of Kyle Shanahan. What a picture of him when he took the job in San Francisco, and a picture of him now. You, you know some of those pictures they'll put up of like presidents when they when they take the Oval how Office. Much and when they, they how look. much older they look? Right. Kyle Shanahan looked like this job has kicked his butt over the last few years, and there is. And 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 here's something else the story brought up, and I hadn't even thought of. All Kyle Shanahan has to do is look across the field at Andy Reid. He was that guy. He With was. Who couldn't win the big one? Yeah, always lost in the NFC Championship game. Always was good. Always had great teams. And now look at him. He's and talking f- about nuggies on right. And Philly ended up winning the Super Bowl without him. Yeah, with Nick Foles. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So this is Kyle Shanahan's kind of moment. Hey, are you are you the guy who can't win the big one, or are you something else? And that I had, hadn't really thought of that. 
as a what's that angle. on the line. Yeah, of what's on the line this weekend for San Francisco. I mean, the biggest that's thing is on been, the line for Kyle yeah, Shanahan. He's I, been there a number of years with a lot of success, but not this. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you? No, gonna no. Say? I, I think that. I mean, I think that's a good angle. Mahomes chasing the, you know, uh, Brady. That's been an angle which I don't pay a lot of attention to. But yeah, here's the number. I was, the Chiefs are 88 and 25 with Mahomes as their starter, and among those 25 losses, only four have been by more than eight points. So the guys had lost 25 times, only four have been by eight points or more. So in 113 games that he started, just four opponents have managed to beat him by more than eight points. So like, you know, that so it's not going to be a blowout in this game. The, the 49ers are 21 and five with Brock Purdy as their starter. Just three of those losses were by more than one possession. So just... To back it up, like, this is going to be a close football game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good, I hope it's going to be a really good Super Bowl. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Coyotes, a lot of mixed signals out there about their future, about their plans, about their arena. We'll try to clear it up and give you the latest picture of what's going on with the Yotes next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what's on tonight? The games that we are going to watch this evening, and it's brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. Locally, I don't think there's anything on tonight. Nope. No one's in action tonight locally. Wow. Okay. Oh, not a song. Wow, what do you got? What do you What do you got on the old? Uh, uh, I need to get caught up on. Even though Lauren gave it the big fat. I didn't thumbs see the down. fourth episode yet either. I need to watch the fourth episode of True Detective. I did Night not see Country. that. Okay. A friend, and I trust you, Lauren, implicitly on stuff like this. But I also have a friend who I trust very much, and he gave it a big fat thumbs up for the fourth episode. For the fourth episode. Well, okay. just for the general direction of the show. Gotcha. I'll just leave it at that. So. I'm going to give that a go tonight. Give that a watch. What about you? What do you got going on? Um, what are you watching? I don't know. I have no idea. But I got that. I still got to watch that fourth episode of Masters did of... You, did you get... Si- oh, uh, Ma- not Masters of the Air. Of uh, the True, True Detective. Detective. Did, yeah. you, did you get signed back up for Apple Plus after your No, like I will. I, I probably will wait until they have like four or five episodes so I can watch them all together. Yeah, my wife canceled my Apple TV. I'm like, why'd you cancel that? I wanted to watch the show. Because you were complaining that we have like 15 apps that we're paying for. Well, to be well, fair. Like I complain all the time about a lot of things. I don't mean it doesn't mean cancel it. <laughs> I complain about a lot of stuff. Oh, God. In but other, that doesn't mean like, don't do it or other, cancel in it. In other words, we're not supposed to jump every single time you complain about something. This is right. new information. I just assume you started like, complaining. How much did it cost to do your hair? Because that doesn't mean you're not going to do your hair. Because, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of with your wife on this one. You complain right. so much about the cost of streaming devices. If I, I, if I were Chelsea, I probably would have canceled it, too. Yeah, I don't mean anything by it. I just like, like to well, sometimes right, I like to complain a little fine. bit. Fine. You know, I'll put your money. Uh, cancel it. Paramount, Discovery, Netflix, Apple, Amazon cancel, Prime. Cancel, Discovery. cancel, cancel, cancel. Cancel the I've got all these things I'm paying for. So, you just, so you're just one of those people who just like to complain. You're one of those people who just... I don't know. One day I was just only, complaining about all the divi- all the things we're paying for, uh, and so she canceled like yeah. a couple of them. I don't know what the... Right. You know what it is? It's when you give the kid the toy, and then he puts the toy down, and he's not paying attention to it for a minute, and then someone comes over and picks up the toy, and it's like, hey! Hey, wait, wait, hey, I was playing with that! Give me that! I was playing with that toy! No, you weren't! It was sitting there on the floor for a day! You I was watching that on Apple TV. No, you weren't! You haven't Life 360, Serious Radio, like, I mean, the things that... 
I mean, I think I'm paying for like 40 things. The world is a lot tougher now than it was when I was a kid. We didn't have any of that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. There was I, no cell phone. Honestly, the, 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 you know, I'm paying for four cell phones. I didn't have to pay for cell phones when I was younger. Hear that, Chelsea? Cancel the cell phones. Yeah, the, starting you know, with Gambo. Starting with Gambo. Can you imagine Chelsea canceling Gambo's cell phone? Does anybody here have a home on phone? On the eve of the trade deadline. Oh, Chelsea, that'd be so money if you did that. That'd be so freaking awesome if you <laughs> canceled my cell phone. Yeah, you know what? Hey, hey, Gambo, I heard you complaining about paying for four cell phones, so mm. I just called and canceled it. Is that cool? Right Fine before with the tra- me. Yeah, right before the trade deadline. Fine with me. <laughs> no, no uh, you lose your mind. You're losing your mind over Apple Plus. She cancels your cell phone? I'm with Chelsea on this one. The way you complain about this stuff, I probably would have canceled the stuff too. Does anybody realize how many things they pay for? Do you realize how many things we actually pay for? Yeah, I have this thing. It's called a budget, so it keeps track of all the things that I pay for. We should do a poll. How many people have a home phone? Do you have a home phone? Anybody in your family have a home phone? Ever since my parents moved out of their house, they got rid of it. How about you, Lauren? We still have a home phone because it's the only phone number my grandparents know how to call. Oh, okay. I've heard that a lot. Okay. I've heard that a lot. So that's for the grandparents. Yes. I can actually still remember my home phone number from when I was a kid. Me too. From when I was in like elementary school or or junior high or whatever. Yeah. Even the one, even the home phone that we had the house for years that we canceled six, seven years ago. Oh, yeah. I I still remember my home, my phone number from when I was a kid. Still do. Yeah. Do you remember any of your friends' numbers? No. No. 602-966. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I think so. It's just right there, right there in my head. There it is. All right. Um, you can give it out. Nobody knows. Nobody has it anymore. <laughs> no, it's like if you give it out. Oh, like, I got Bernsey's old phone number from 1982. From when, from when he lived in oh, South Tempe or North Tempe and went to Curry Elementary in Conley Junior High. That's, uh, no, you're right. I probably could give it out. All right. So uh, the latest on the Coyote situation, and I want to pass this along from our friend Kim Cox over Channel 12. He tweeted this out earlier today. Cam does a good job. Cam does a really good job. He's he's a very talented, he's a young, professional. Very professional. Yeah, he's professional. He tweeted out that the Coyotes are not on the agenda for the State Land Department Board of Appeals meeting tomorrow. In order for the land to be put up for auction, they have to approve the Coyotes' application their next meeting is not until mid-March, March 14th. That's what I'm hearing on when the auction would be. Yeah. But, wow, they're not even on they're the agenda? On, they're not even on the agenda. Not now, on the agenda for the State Land Department Board of Appeals meeting tomorrow. It, wow. If you've been paying attention to this at all, and I get it if you haven't, because it's really easy to check out of the Coyotes Arena situation, because it's been a long, complicated, convoluted, winding road for this, right? But the latest is that the commissioner of the NHL over the weekend at the All-Star Game expressed somewhat confidently that Alex Morello was going to get this deal done, whereas the head of the Players Association was very upset with the Coyotes for not keeping them in the loop in terms of what the schedule is. Then today, uh, on a radio show in Canada, on Sportsnet 590, the fan... Elliot Friedman. Uh, Elliot Friedman, NHL insider, said, look, it, there's a report out there that this that we might know something by this weekend. And... Elliot said, if that's the case, that might not be great news for the current ownership. I've done enough of this stuff to know that if they wanted to do this in camera, away from prying eyes, they could. But, you know, like, put it this way. It doesn't sound promising. Now, I've learned over the years not to jump to conclusions with the Coyotes because uh, deadlines become 
unmovable. But if indeed there is going to be an yes, if indeed there's going to be an announcement this weekend or sometime in the very near future, it doesn't seem to be good for the current ownership group. Yeah, I don't think that this is trending in the right direction for the Coyotes uh, as well. I mean, it's relocations being brought up a lot now. You're hearing relocation, reloc- Salt Lake City relocation. Like, you know, the, the NHLPA is adamant. Now, they don't wield a lot of power, the NHLPA, but they do represent the players. Yeah. And they don't want the Coyotes to play in Mullet Arena for the next four more years. And before, of course, there's no shovel in the ground. There's no date. There's no land. I mean, you know, it takes at least three three years probably to build something that not even close to putting a shovel in the ground. There is definitely a lot of concern that the Coyotes in this ownership group doesn't have the ability to get this across the finish line. And, and, and I'm tr- I don't want to minimize that, but I agree with something that that Elliot said in the middle of that soundbite, in which he said. You know, I've learned to be very careful when projecting bad things for the Coyotes because they do always continue to seem to find a way to wriggle off the hook, right? And they've been doing it for years. Because Gary Batman wants an organization. Yes, you know, very much so. And, and at some point, that's going to run out. Okay, but the like, goodwill. Yeah, I will. I will believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? Like, I really need to see some good, hard, firm stuff that something is happening bad because, man, they've. They have survived far worse than this, it seems like. Well, over if the, the cat years. has nine lives, this is the ninth life. I don't think there's a tenth. I think this comes to a head, and I think it comes to a head pretty quickly. Like they're gonna have, they're gonna have to make a determination if they, if this team's not viable here in Arizona, the, the NHL is gonna have to make a decision on this quickly. All right, that's gonna do it for us. We are out of here. The big red rage is coming up next. Cardinal fans, stay tuned for that. We're gonna see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.